This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The best way to start your weekend is with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. Players in helmets, the pigskins flying around. We made it to training camp and we made it to the weekend. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell here for the next 60 minutes. And Sean, plenty of storylines in the NFL. They're keeping us busy right from the jump. What are some of your initial takeaways from what we've seen this week? Not not already. <laughs> that That's that's the thing I've said. With all the injuries that are happening to big-name players, not already. That's the right. worst part, isn't it? All it, right. It's, it's almost like it decides who wins the Super Bowl sometimes. It decides this early. who's going to get the number one seed, who gets the number two seed. Not this early. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's my first reaction to everything going on, not wanting to see guys get hurt. And, again, Joe Burrow, let's get into it. Like, he's not going to be – hopefully he's not going to be out for long. He's not going to miss a game. But it just leads to things that you don't want because it's a long it, – we're a month away from real games. We're <laughs> over a month away from real games. How many other people are going to go down that's going to sour week one of the season? Yeah, I mean, that would be absolutely brutal. You know, obviously, we want Joe Burr to be healthy, but there's there's concerns. Even, you know, listen, Zach Taylor spoke about the injury, um, you know, in length. It, it doesn't seem like it's a big issue, but you have to worry about it. You know, is it going to make him overcompensate if he tries to come back early? Is it going to lead to maybe, you know, something that lingers throughout the entire season? But let's listen to what Zach Taylor had to say about Joe Burrow getting carted off from practice. You never want to see the cart. I mean, I think a lot of guys after the first day had some soreness, and that's it. But uh, I know over the course of practice, he felt good. This is football. Guys go down with an injury that maybe is a day thing. Who knows? Um, so we, we don't we don't message the team after every single person goes down. There's, there's a lot of guys that had soreness today. Um, that had that reps cut down a little bit. So that's just part of playing football and training. Team. I mean, yeah, but the problem is calf injuries lead to Achilles injuries, lead to other injuries. Like, that, again, I don't expect him to play at all this preseason. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to sit him and not let him do anything for the next three or four weeks, even if it's an injury that he can come back a week in. But you start off a season having that type of struggle, having a calf injury. What that it leads to the other things. Like we saw Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Yes, great examples. Mean? Great <laughs> we examples. Saw lower leg injuries. You try to come back too early to play, boom, an Achilles goes. Like that's the normal thing about it. If your calf, if things aren't right with your lower body, other things are going to break down, which always ends up to an Achilles. Again, KD, Kevin Durant was the same type of thing. And so that's what is the worry here. That can be, and that could be a big shakeup to everything going on in the AFC. Everything. 
Yeah, in, in that division, you look at how competitive, you know, the AFC North is. The Ravens have a ton of talent. You know, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. The Browns going to be better this year. The Steelers looking to take a leap, you know, with Kenny Pickett entering his second-year quarterback. So lots of betting implications if Joe Burrow goes down, right? The favorite in the division goes down. It kind of flips everything. And he was, you know, to your point about it could cause something else or cause significant damage down the road, again, it's a possibility, right? We don't know that this is coming, but he had a sleeve on the calf, you know, during practice. It's something that was bothering him a little bit. Now it got worse. You know, it was bad enough to where they had to bring the card out and get him off the field. And you have to wonder is, are you confident that they're going to be able to bring him back and he's just going to be able to kind of work through this in the beginning of the season? And and it's a non-contact injury too. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's not like he got hit. It's not like someone was around his legs and he had to do something in order to get out of the way and strained it. It was a non-contact. He just started jogging out to uh, get away, get away from the pocket to the right. Boom. So again, that makes you nervous, and you never want to talk about betting and, and injuries at the same time. But it's a real thing. This is a betting show. So now you go. I don't know if I want to take the Bengals in certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. I know a lot of people are like it's just a calf injury. What are you talking about? But how often is it that things linger the entire season? Like that Joe Burrow is going to end up missing four games, five games, six games, because he comes back and then repops something. Like, is this an injury that's going to be healthy at any point, 100% at any point? If it's not, then how can you feel comfortable if you have Joe Burrow as an MVP, if you have Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the AFC Championship or going to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. How can you feel comfortable knowing that a quarterback has a lower leg injury that may persist throughout the entire season? Yeah, my biggest concern is them rushing him back. Like, like you know, if if he has to sit a game or two in the beginning of the year, just sit him. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like you got to make sure this thing is 100%. It obviously wasn't 100% or he wouldn't have the sleeve on there. He wasn't doing it for cosmetics, right? So it's mm-hmm. bothering him a little bit. Now it gets worse. They just got to make sure they nip this in the bud. Not something they want to go into the season with. The Dolphins were hoping they would go into the season with one of the strongest duos at cornerback in the NFL. They get Jalen Ramsey in the offseason to pair with Xavier Howard. And all of a sudden, Ramsey, again, collides with Tyreek Hill, I believe is how it occurred. And all of a sudden, the dynamics of their defense changes. <sighs> Bet the over on points. In, in week one like, against the Chargers, you know, yeah. you know they're going to score, mm-hmm. but now they have a less opportunity to shut down other teams. Now it's going to be, again, they had the best cornerback duo. They had a good defense. Not having a number one corner, not having a guy who's considered a number one corner, a guy who's a future Hall of Famer who's still in his late 20s, I believe. Not having that guy, and I know we had a rough year last year, but that that's that pains Miami. And it's one of those things. That you, we talk about the like the San Francisco 49ers and other teams who – or just injury riddled teams. Yep. Can't get away from it. You don't want to like, as a team, you're not thinking about it, but as a fan, you're just sitting there like, is this our injury riddled season? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, does it start now where we're like, guys are going down left and right? You hope it's not, but Jalen Ramsey going down means it's going to be a lot of points in every game with, with, with Miami. And it's going to be a situation in December where you go, all right, like, it's the same thing. They're in a tough division with the Buffalo Bills. Does that sway you at all? Does that make you go, hmm, maybe I go to the Buffalo Bills because they're missing a top, uh, you know, their top corner, arguably, or a top three defensive player on their roster? 
Yeah, for me, it's a concern in the sense that I really do think it impacts the defense, right? People look at it and they're like, well, they still have you know Xavier Howard. They still have a good defense. But, uh, you know, teams now gives them an attack. Now they don't have to throw towards Xavier Howard, right? Because Jalen Ramsey isn't on the other side. So when offenses look at defenses, they try and find, you know, where they're weakest. And when you have injuries, especially the star players, you don't have depth behind them. So teams are going to attack them there. I, I still very bullish on the Dolphins just because of I do think that offense is going to be crazy explosive and it might be good enough to where they can just outscore teams early in the season they get Ramsey back they can really make a push at that point um, and plus they brought in Vic Fangio so if you're going to overcome an injury like that it's good that you have one of the best defensive minds in football to figure it out right yeah that's true but again you I already told you how much Tua worries me mm-hmm like, the Dolphins are a team that I'm going to bet the over, and I'm going to bet week by week. Right. I, I, I'm just too scared. I'm already too scared to bet them with anything because of Tua. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, at Tua, I'm like, I don't know, dog. I, I thought you should have retired last year. So, what are, go- are there going to be lingering effects? So, that, you know, injuries make you stay away a little bit. It makes you go, eh, eh I don't want to. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just, it makes you stay away a little bit. So, it's sort of like... With the Bengals and the Dolphins, make it makes me say, I can't bet futures on you. I'm going to bet week by week because of Tua, because of Jalen, now Joe. If I didn't already make a bet on you, I'm scared to make a bet on you from here going out until I figure out what main those main pieces are going to be healthy or not. It's a tough blow. It's a tough blow for the Dolphins. Um, and, you know, as better as the way we have to approach it, you know, we a team like the Dolphins who – have a, a low floor, you know, because of the injury risk with Tua, you know, maybe you should approach that team with a little more caution. I, I still love that offense, though. I went all in. I can't help myself. I'm still in on the Dolphins, but I can definitely understand why teams, uh, you know, this is a big blow to that defense, but yeah. they got to bounce back. A guy that couldn't stay away, Saquon Barkley, had an epiphany, he said, signs the franchise tag, no more squabbling with the Giants. Everything is great in New York. He's back in action. Um for the Giants, who desperately need him, I feel like, in that offense. Yeah. You know, going in, we talked about how tough their schedule is in the beginning of the year. What are your thoughts on, you know, his decision to just, hey, you know what, I'm going to take the money and, and come in and get back to work? He had no choice. I think I think these running backs got in a meeting and say, <laughs> there's nothing we can do right now. Maybe mm-hmm. in next offseason and, and next negotiating uh, period, they can they can do something different. But as of right now, there's nothing you can do. And it hamstrings you when your franchise tag is so low. Yeah. Right? Like, I think someone told me Saquon's now that he's making 11 million, it's like the third most in the entire NFL. I'm like, just that? Like, the, for one year, 11 million? It's so, <laughs> it, that, that, that is the, the top five when it comes to running backs, which again, I know running backs are devalued, but Saquon's mm-hmm. saying, yo, I'm 40% of your offense. I don't know what the actual number is, but. How is a person who's 40% of your offense, 35% of your offense, 30% of your offense, only getting paid $11 million? That's what would piss me off. But yeah. no choice. Like, None. Really, what choice did he have? I think Austin Eckler had that Zoom meeting with him, and he said, listen, fellas, like, you got to get in there and make as much money as you can because the career is short. You don't want to be sitting out. Every day you get fined is money that you're never going to get back. Like, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're not going to reinvent the CBA in the offseason a month before, you know, kickoff, right? Yeah. Like, and I agree with you. The last time they negotiated the CBA, I said they should 
They should not sign this thing unless they get rid of this franchise tag. It is just a killer. It allows owners to kind of keep these guys, uh, you know, under their thumb, you know, in bad situations or situations that, you know, they don't have freedom to kind of be out in the free market. We saw it with Kirk Cousins. He was quarterback of Washington. Two years in a row, they franchise tagged him, held him back from, you know, getting the guaranteed money he ended up getting in Minnesota eventually. But for a running back whose career is much, much shorter, it's much, much more impactful. Yeah. Kirk can say, I'm getting 30 million this year. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. getting 30 million on this franchise tag or whatever it was. So I'm good. I, I can play on franchise tags back to back year. And even if I don't play so great, it's the quarterback position. So I'm going to get a big back afterwards. But Saquon's like, man, I, if I get franchised two years in a row, and that's the problem. You're allowed mm-hmm. to get franchise tag two years in a row. Right. I don't think that's fair for any position. It's not because it was initially, I feel like, the when they initially came up with the franchise tag, the line of thinking was, hey, you know what? If you have, like, your star player and you're not, like, able to come to terms with them, it might take a little longer, might drag into the season. This kind of allows you more time to work on it. But you don't need several years to do that, right? Yeah. If it's several years, you're just kind of leveraging the rules against the player and stopping him from, you know, making the money that he can make out in the open market. Now, the interesting to me thing would be, to me, does Saquon still act like a leader? Now, I think mm-hmm. Saquon does. I'm just going to tell you what I would do. I would come into work and say, you're getting what you paid for. Right. I mm-hmm. am not going to be the spokesperson for this team. I'm not going to sit up there and talk again. I don't think Saquon does this because of how great of a person he is. I'm not going to be the spokesperson. A hey, media members, I may like some of y'all, but don't come to me after the game asking me what happened. I, I, I make $11 million. That's That's above my pay grade. So That's you right. ask these other people because the, the Giants gave three people huge contracts. Just Daniel last, Jones got the bag, yeah, brother. You do. <laughs> I mean, even just in the last month or so, yep. three three people have got contracts. The tackle got the money. Andrew yes. Thomas, right? Yes, Andrew Thomas. So go to them. I'm no longer going going to be the talking piece for you. That's right. I'm going to run run the ball when I get the rock. I'm gonna have good numbers just so I can have good numbers mm-hmm. and get paid later. But you're not getting any of that other leadership stuff. That's right. You're not getting a running back who lowers his shoulder before he goes to the sidelines. I'm getting straight out to the sidelines. Yeah. You're not getting that extra tough yard. I'm. You're getting what you paid for here. That's what I would do if I was running. Daniel backs. Jones, Andrew Thomas, they can buy all the lozenges they yeah. need to make sure they can do all the speaking they need to yeah. in front of the team. I'm not team. setting up no they got dinners all for that the team. Money. Nope. I don't make enough money to set That's up right. dinners and pay for dinners for the team. You ain't paid me You enough. want Chick-fil-A, get it yourself. Yeah, so right? all that leadership stuff. That's that's a hey, running backs. Call me. Call me. All right. That's what I would do. Yep. You get in what you pay for in any job in the world. If, if, if you are that severely overlooked. All right. I'm going to do what you pay me to do. Nothing more. Nothing less. Can't blame him. Another running back in New York making headlines. Dalvin Cook flies out, meets with the Jets. Very close. It seems like they seem like the main suitor now. Aaron Rodgers. Adjusted his contract, right? You know, hey, moved moved some money around, did did some things to kind of help them create some space. People are assuming to bring in Dalvin Cook. Does that make any difference in how you think you're looking at the Jets going into the season from a betting perspective? Does it change their outlook for the positive? Thirty five million dollar difference is the what 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 is what's being said. Aaron Rodgers had gave them free space in order to operate, so that can mm-hmm. potentially bring in. A Dalvin Cook. I, Dalvin Cook is still ball. Like he again, he's had some injury issues, but he can still ball. 
So I I do think a Dalvin Cook, if they sign him, is definitely an, an upgrade and another weapon and a good thing for the New York Jets. Now, if they were in the NFC, I'm like, this is this is an NFC championship team. Mm-hmm. They're in the AFC. So it doesn't change much for me, to be honest with you. It does like yeah. it doesn't make me say I'm not putting you over Kansas City. I'm not putting you over oh, who else? I, I mate, are you are you over Buffalo? Are you over Miami? I'm not putting you over a healthy Miami. No, I'm not either. No. Not with Tua. Not with you Tua. You see what I'm saying? So I, I just to me it keeps them in the same realm. And I still don't believe Aaron Rodgers is MVP anymore. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think it gives them a little more depth at the running back position in case Brees Hall isn't the same, right? I think it helps them out that way. But, um, you know, interesting stuff. John, Jets are going to be a lot of fun. Sean Payton had a lot to say about Nathaniel Hackett Ooh, and the Jets. We're going to get into that right after the break when we come back. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook AFC West Preview coming up. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell. Sean, one of the things you said that made me laugh a few weeks back was you couldn't wait for training camp. You couldn't wait for the training camp fights. I don't know if you had Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hacken in mind when you spit that one out, but they, Sean no. Payton's out here talking reckless in Denver. I, I never, never. I, I don't think I've seen many coaches do this ever. What's he thinking? I mean, this to me to come out, and I've heard different theories. They're like, oh, he's playing 3D chess. He comes from the you know Parcells tree, who was a master motivator. Would always use the media to kind of motivate his team. And they're thinking he's trying to take the pressure off him. But when you listen to these quotes, I'm going to give you the quotes right now, and mm-hmm. you tell me, you know, uh, you know what he could be thinking. He says, number one. Quote: I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. We can talk about that in a little bit. We're going to run down each team in the AFC West. And he, he was talking about, you know, uh, how it, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or an organization gets embarrassed. Talking about, you know, the, the president, how they handled the offseason. Um, part of it was his, their own fault relative to spending so much time trying to win the offseason. Pomp and circumstance. Paraphrasing here, but... You know, you see it. Even he took gave the Jets a shot for going on hard knocks. I, I don't – Jets didn't want hard knocks. They fought that tooth and nail. So they weren't trying to do that. Robert Salah punches back, you know, says that, listen, you know, he's not going to acknowledge any of it. He says that if you don't have any haters, you know, you're not doing, you know, what you need. Paraphrasing it like people, they can talk all they want about us, but – you know, they're just going to keep their head down and do what they need to do. What? I mean, Sean Payton, out of the league, comes back, you know, and now, now he's has a lot to say about the New York Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. 
Listen, he's supposed to say this is I'll be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. He's Sean Payton. He's come from the Saints. He made the playoffs damn near every year. He's mm -hmm. supposed to put that in his team, right? He's supposed to say this is Russell Wilson, future Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. We have the talent. All good good to go. But there's usually a certain a certain thing between coaches of respect for other coaches, and you don't blast other coaches necessarily. But the man's got to live it's, by it's, a code. It's They usually have a code. They, it's usually like, all right, it's a fraternity is what they call yes. it. Yes. They usually have a code. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of coaches that hate other coaches. I've seen it before, but usually they keep that between them. They keep that quiet or they'll, you know what I mean, keep that behind closed doors, fist fight each other behind closed doors. So for him to just, it seemed like it was just unwarranted to sort of take some shots at the Jets and take some shots at Hackett and take some shots that just seem to be out of nowhere. It's like, okay, y'all must have beef somewhere. Are we missing something? Can you explain this to me, Sean Payton? Because normally this is not what head coaches do. You ain't do this when you was with the Saints. Yep. You wasn't taking shots at nobody and talking about hard knocks and talking about, you know, other situation and who was there before you. So it's just out of nowhere a little bit. I think it's reckless, man. And I, I was not big on Denver coming into the season. Um, this makes me feel like he might be a little concerned about what he sees when he looks at this football team and is like, how do I motivate these guys? How do I, you know, make something here? And, and you know, he's trying to take put all the pressure on himself. But I didn't, you know, you don't take shots at the thing. To me, that's like pick on someone your own size, right? Pick on someone who was a successful head coach that, you know, don't pick on the guy who just, you know, went through a, a hellish, you know, year, you know, when he finally got the opportunity, he was waiting for his entire career. It went down south. It you know, went south quickly. I, You know, don't pick on that guy. I didn't like that at all. Um, let's talk about the Broncos now. Plus 500 to win the division. Win total at eight and a half. They're minus 250 to make the playoffs. I mean, to miss the playoffs. Plus 198 to make it. So the market is telling us that he has his work cut out for him if he's going to be a playoff team. I'm on under eight and a half with the Broncos. You know, I think that they're going to struggle to win games in a very stacked AFC. Uh, I don't think they have any chance of winning the division. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Who's in their division again? A guy named Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> have you ever heard of him? Like what? <laughs> yeah. No, they had no chance of winning the division. Like, and there's seven teams ahead of them that just flat out have more talent. That's right. Just flat out have more talent. What are we talking about? But there's three teams in the AFC East. I don't know if there's, they could win the AFC South. Yeah, exactly. So you just three teams in the AFC East. There's three teams in the North, mm -hmm. right? There's two teams in your own division. Yeah. Right? Like, what are we talking about here? So they have a lot to do. Again, I think Russell Wilson will be better this year, having Sean Payton and, and being there for a while and getting comfortable, but not good enough where you have to deal with some of these teams that just had the, the pure amount of raw talent that you ain't got. Mm -hmm. So, again, they got their work cut off for them. They, they still need to, to upgrade in many positions. But, again, I'm not mad at Sean Payton for talking this way. You're supposed to put that type of life into your You got to back it up, though. You got to back it. You better make the playoffs now. And, listen, they start the season against the Raiders, Washington, right, at Miami, which is going to be a tough game, at Chicago. Then they get the New York Jets. So they got some easy games in the beginning of the schedule they better take advantage of or it's going to get real ugly real quick. They have to go 3-1. and one Yeah. With that schedule. Because I think so, too. Because after that, it's going to be rough for y'all. Mm -hmm. It's going to be rough for the Denver Broncos if they don't start off 3-1 and one being teams like the Chicago Bears. Right? But the Raiders, you know, I, I, you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't. 
No, they're cooked. I, I think they're done. I <laughs> okay. think that we were talking during the week. I think there's opportunity there. You can get Josh McDaniels at like 10 to 1 to be fired first. They almost fired him last year at like seven games. Like, it's like seven games in, and they were like, oh, Josh McDaniels, we might have made a mistake. I forget. I, I always forget about those type of bets. The yeah. Who's fired who gets first fired bets. first, That's man. That's so, like. It's tough. Like, I hate to see it, but at the yep. same time, it's just like, how do you even determine that? Like, how Short do you leash, go by man. That? Short leash and a tough start. Jimmy Garoppolo, new system. Josh Jacobs maybe is not there the first couple games. Yeah. I think there's value there. I think the everything under on the Raiders, you know, fourteen to one to win the division, no chance. The Chiefs have won the division seven years in a row. Does anyone think the Chiefs aren't going to win the division? I think minus one sixty five for them to win the AFC West is a steal, and I love the Chargers, but they're not winning the division. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to gamble, you would go with the Chargers. You ain't going with the Broncos. You ain't, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you ain't going with the Raiders. That ain't happening. No. So again. It's, it's the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win that division going away. I think the Chargers are going to be a good team. I think they're going to be an 11-win team. I think most of their problems with coaching comes in the clutch. Yeah. Right? So they'll win these regular season games and score some points. And after being in the playoffs and having that disappointment, they, their young guys got some experience in the playoffs, so they'll do better. Their wide receiver core was hurt the entire season last year. Everybody was hurt. J.C. Jackson was hurt. Matter Bosa was hurt. Williams was hurt. I, I would I – would, I, Justin Herbert would be a sneaky MVP bet. I mean, the, the man was thrown for 5,000 yards with without his top two receivers uh, there for half the time. MVPP, I call him. Most valuable paid player, Justin Herbert, got the bag. Uh, you know, five-year, $262.5 million contract extension. Nine to one to win MVP. A steal. That's it. That's a the, steal. the You know the game, Sean, with these quarterbacks. You got to pay them as soon as you can because mm-hmm. the price only goes up. Yeah. <laughs> the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. So they get out there. They lock Herbert up. They bring in Kellen Moore from Dallas. Um, he's going to open up that offense, an offense that was very conservative under Joe Lombardi last year. That offense was a disgrace. And, uh, you know, guess where Joe Lombardi is? <laughs> it wasn't a disgrace. It was, well, they didn't you have any players. He, 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 they didn't have but players. They got, and, he th- and he threw for like 5,000 yards. So it wasn't it wasn't like they were just running the ball for two yards every time. Oh, they're throwing all these short passes. <sighs> I mean, you got to let this guy rip. Herbert's got a cannon, man. You got to put that thing in use. Yeah. But that's what I like what they did in the offseason. They go out. They get Kellen Moore. They get Quentin Johnston, right? You can get Quentin Johnston 22-1 to 1 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's going to make a huge impact in that offense because you know how it's built now. You got the tree on the outside of Mike Williams. He goes up and he'll go up and get it. You got Keenan Allen finding all those soft spots in the zone. Savvy veteran, right? Hands like glue. Now you got Quentin Johnson from TCU, man, on the outside. Size, speed, athleticism, that's the playmaker they need. So this offense is going to be tough, man. Herbert's going to be slinging around all over the field. 9-1 to MVP it's, it's, might not be bad. It's it's a good bet. They're going to put up numbers, and mm-hmm. he's going to put up numbers. Justin Herbert is that dude who's going to now, in today's type of NFL, is going to throw for 4,800 to 5,000 yards every season, and they're going to put the ball in his hand. So, again, I, I got them winning 11 games behind the Kansas City Chiefs, potentially winning 13 is my is my guesstimation right now. But I think the Chargers win a lot of games. Uh, if they're not in the clutch, coaching-wise, they're going to uh, put up some numbers. So I think that's a good bet to look look at uh, Herbert and, and have huge numbers. Because a lot of people are sick of, like, Patrick Mahomes. It's like, ah, uh, 
we give it to Pat every year. You know how MVP votes. It's a little is. fatigue. Sometimes, sometimes there can be some uh, fatigue. They, we like fatigue. a new face in there, right? Exactly. And I think Justin Herbert is going to be that new face this year. And he's not exactly a new face, but a new face in the MVP conversation. A guy who's going to have the numbers. And if he and they if they win 11-12 games, I will have the wins. You you know when he's going to have numbers. Week 1. You know who they play? The Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. The Jalen Ramsey less secondary of the Miami Dolphins in their first game as much as I like Vic Fangio new defense first time in the system could be some miscommunication some broken down plays lots of touchdowns I think the total is around 49 and a half if I'm correct um I'm gonna be on that under now I'm gonna wait I don't like to bet this early you know totals week one that kind of stuff because a lot can happen we saw that you know we saw Joe Burrow in the card already right we don't want to start firing into those lines yet but uh I think there's opportunity here. That's a game I love the over in. You got a healthy two in week one. You got Justin Herbert, new offense, slinging it around all over the field. Absolutely love it. But I agree with you. Win total, I'm all in on the Chargers over nine and a half. Um, I, I think they can win 10 games easy, possibly 11, uh, like you said. And the Chiefs, I'll lay the buck 65 to win that division. Seven years, they were winning the division with Alex Smith. Yeah, it's just safe. Yeah, it's it's just it's just build your bank. Death. That's it's just a safe bet. Taxes. Chiefs win the division. Yeah, yeah. But the only problem I have with Week One is, you know, Week One is like crazy season game number three. <laughs> Penalties right, so all over the place. We keep talking about what'll happen, but we're thinking about what'll happen or how these guys will look in Week Five. Mm-hmm. And Week One, it's a lot of unders. Yep. Right. So I want to pick over in this game, but I am nervous at a number so big just because it's preseason. It's sloppy as hell. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 something that you just don't want to see. So be wary of that. Be wary of the people of these teams that you think are going to click who have new potentially coordinators and new uh, wide receivers and new targets. A lot of unders are going to be played. might not again. happen right away. And a lot of unders last year, especially yeah. early in the season, because the season as a whole scoring was down because it was the year of the defense making adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't just going to let people run all over the field. They, you know, bring in a bunch of safeties, keep everything in front, don't let up the explosive plays. So it'll be interesting if that continues because last year it was like under for money in the bank. Yeah. Again, the first, especially the first two weeks, the first two mm-hmm. weeks is preseason. So, you know, I'm not saying where to go over and under yet because we still got a long way to go before September comes, but makes me nervous. I want to go over, too, with that game. It makes you think there should be a lot of points being scored. They all can't be under. But yeah, they all can't be under. <laughs> you got to get, you gotta get again, some I, I'm, I'm, betting, I'm betting more than half. I'm betting 65% is going to be unders. Yeah. Based on week one preseason, and nobody going to play preseason. Joe Burrow ain't playing preseason. No. Like, even if you fully healthy, these quarterbacks ain't playing a game in preseason. Pat ain't playing a game in preseason. The guys you see in preseason, you'll never see them again. and if you do see him that means your team is garbage yeah you're in trouble if you do see him again it's not looking good if it was a team that you were backing but you know it's good it seems like we're aligned here sean chiefs over chargers over broncos under right all that tough talk might not turn into results on the field um and the raiders under well i don't even know the number for the raiders it's under six and a half it's under Again, and no disrespect, they got Devontae Adams and a weapon, a dog. But, again, no more Darren Waller, who was injured last year but was a Pro Bowl tight end. And, and, and Jacobs may be sitting out for a certain amount of games. 
with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Jimmy Garoppolo, whose Sorry. biggest weakness in San Francisco was he didn't throw the ball down the field. When Brock Purdy took over that offense last year and started throwing the ball 20-plus yards down the field, it made everything open up. And Kyle Shanahan was like, oh, thank God. I got yeah. someone who's going to whip it down the field. Now he goes to Vegas where they have um, Devontae Adams. That they're, were they going to have him running crossers all game? Like they're not going to be able to push the ball vertically with Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, they don't have that offense. Again, J Jimmy just is – they lost the Super Bowl because his inaccuracy is throwing the ball deep. Yeah. Right? Like the, that Chief Super Bowl was, a, was a, a, a wide open target running down the field. I'm sorry. I forget the wide receiver – uh, who it was, but wide open, Emmanuel Sanders, mm -hmm. running down the field, wide open, you miss it. So if that's, what do you think Devontae Adams, how pissy is he going to be? Yeah. If that continues. So Jimmy just... Garoppolo this close to being Super Bowl MVP and handing Patrick Mahomes a loss. Yeah. It's a game of inches. But listen, final segment coming up. We're, we got our best bets lined up for the day. We're going to talk MLB, right? Uh, trade market stuff and we're also going to hit some college football stuff so betql weekend presented by bet mgm sportsbook final segment coming up sean bell and mark drumheller will be back on betql weekend on the betql network sponsored by bet mgm <laughs> Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Final segment, BetQL Weekend, presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell, taking you to the finish line, right? And the 60-minute sprint that we do every weekend to give you all the sports betting analysis that you need. So you can, you know, chunk up them pockets, man. Everybody likes a little extra spending yeah, cash buddy. at the end of the summer. Yeah, buddy. But li listen, talking about money, mm -hmm. we're going to transition now to college football. Mm. It's all about money. It's all about TV. And it's shaking up the entire landscape of everything we know. And, Sean, I am concerned. Okay, why? Because there's nothing better I like during the fall than staying up at 1 a.m., betting live overs on Pac-12 after dark. And I'm afraid there's not going to be a Pac-12 anymore to bet. There has to be. It's, 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 it's like, <laughs> what you, are they going to do? It's, it's crazy because, you. first of all, you got to have a West Coast. I, I know us in the East like to ignore it's it. It's going to be Big 20 you, after you, dark. You, you can't the Big have Ten's going to take them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Like, you got to have a West Coast conference that means something that's respected. Right? Like, what mm -hmm. is, what's next? USC is going to go to the Big East? Like, what's, what? you know what I mean? USC is going to go to the SEC? Like, mm. when you have that major of a school, the big, the, the Pac-12 has, has to represent something and has to be, you know, so the Pac-12 really has to figure that out and who's going to come in and who's going to be out. But they have to represent a big part of what's going on in football, but it's just such a fun conference. And, you know, they have incredible quarterbacks. Like even this year, you look at Bo Nix in Oregon, you're right. You Caleb Williams, obviously 
you know, the, the cream of the crop there. Michael Penix Jr., another Heisman candidate, even Cam Rising. I mean, how much fun has he been able to watch? Utah's been winning that conference the past two years. Yeah. Year after year, they come in and, you know, start running people over using their physical style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, Caleb Williams getting injured last year in the Pac-12 championship played a pivotal role in that. Um, I know because I lost some money, I think, back <laughs> in USC in that one, so we did not forget. But um, Colorado bounces. They go to the Big 12, and that's a big loss because when you're talking about TV contracts, you would like to have Deion Sanders and what he's doing. You know, everybody's going to be watching, whether they're watching it because it's a dumpster fire or they're watching it because it's a remarkable turnaround of a program or they're just watching it because they're a fun team to watch every week. Yeah. First of all, Deion did a big thing in regards to – TV contracts for HBCUs, getting them on TV. Mm-hmm. So Dion and all everything he, knows what he he's does doing. and all his marketing and everything that he's going on is going to have, whether Colorado's good or bad, it's going to be must-see TV. Mm-hmm. And he's continually been able to get some of the top recruits. Right? Like he, he was able to get number one recruit a year, a year or so ago. Uh, so he's able to make Colorado a team that you're going to want to watch, you're going to want to see develop. And so that's a big move with them leaving it again. At some point, it's almost going to be conference lists. It's just going to be two big conferences. It's going to be two big conferences. It's going to be like the Big Ten or, and the SEC, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be, or it's going to be A, it's going to be a, a one conference with 32 teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be NFL-like. We're just like, all right, we're just having this, and here's the scheduling, and here's how, we, how we're going to put it out with money. So it's just like everybody's trying to get to the SEC, the Big Ten, or the Big 12. Yeah, USC, UCLA, in their last year, next year they go to the Big Ten, um, which is just going to be weird, right? Watching them play, you know, these smash-mouth teams in the Big Ten Mm -hmm. and being a part of that conference. But um, there's been some rumors, like they talked about the ACC, like maybe they merge with the Pac-12 and and make a super conference. But um, I don't know, man. I I don't know what is in store in the future for the Pac-12. It's crazy because even ACC, like, what do you do? Yeah. Right. Like, can the winner of your conference even even be in a national championship at one point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's getting to the point. It's Clemson, where, and then there's a cliff. Yeah, but even then, can Miami get back there? Florida State, can those teams get back? There's a lot of hype like behind Florida State Clemson this year. Clemson and Pac in the Pac-12, ACC, they're going to get to a point where even if we go 12 and 0 in our conference, we're not getting in. Right. Because we don't. The other have, conferences don't are have so strong. Real, yeah, we don't have a real conference that's super deep. Mm-hmm. So what do you do then? Right, you again. I keep. I brought up the Big East before. You almost become the Big East, where you go. All right, I'm out on football. Mm-hmm. I just got to be a basketball conference now, or I got to be a conference that focuses on basketball, baseball, and some of these other sports that no one pays attention about because I can't even compete football wise. Like Big right. East just gave up. They said, "All right, they're like, know, we're done." We gave up on the big money thing. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 was. They're on the verge of having to just give up and say we're going to focus on basketball. And we're going to miss out on the big money that other places go, uh, have. Mm-hmm. So then once you give up, then it's like, all right, nobody, nobody's going to these. No football players are going to this Big East school. They're no, so no, no big time football players are going to go to Pac-12 schools anymore. Right. They're going to essentially become Division Two or Division One AA football schools. Yeah, well, you talk about NIL. You like you want the program that you're with making money so you can make money. Yeah. So it's about, man, it's about the money. Yeah, I can't blame them. Hey, these are that's hey, that's a football conference. That's a basketball conference. 
That's what it's going to be at the end of the day. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of separation that way. And that's it. There's going to be three major football conferences. And then all the other ones are going to be done. Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, a lot of changes ahead for the Pac-12 for sure. And just college football in general, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Let's pivot over to the diamond now. Uh, Angels make a big splash. They commit to Shohei Otani. Um, They commit to pursuing, you know, the playoffs. And it looks like it paid immediate dividends. Shohei Otani has the uh, Angels marching towards the postseason with a big, big night. Are you kidding me? This would be the first complete game shutout, and there it is. Shohei Otani goes all nine. First career complete game shutout for the Unicorn. Oh, oh he got another one. Get going. Otani has done it again. Santa Maria. I can't believe we get the witnesses, Sean. Like, this guy's hitting home runs, complete game shutouts. I, I need to see something that says the greatest day of baseball. Mm-hmm. Was that the greatest day of baseball? They might. Like it, I mean, I know people play double headers, and I'm not even going to talk about, you know, 70 years ago when they used to play double headers. I'm talking about, you know, in the modern era. Was that the greatest day of baseball that a player's ever had? It, it, to me, it has to be, or at least the top three. I want to see a list because I know some guys are like, hey, I went four for five in this game, and then I went three for five in this game, two home runs, whatever. But he's doing what we always said could never be done. Like, it's always like, oh, well, he's a pitcher. He can't hit. Like, that's what we grew up. Like, it was you can never do both, right? You know, and then now it's, he, he's elite at both. Like, he's, he's, you know, dominant at both on the mound and at the plate. And, you know, the Angels – Rewarded them. They said, hey, you know what? We're going to, you know, push towards the playoffs. We're not going to be sellers at the deadline. And they go out there. They get Lucas Giolita from the White Sox. They're making deals. Um, they're trying to, you know, really move forward and push for the playoffs. Plus 450 odds right now for them to make the playoffs. Do you think they got a shot to make this happen? I think they have a shot. I don't think it's a good shot. But I think they have a shot. <laughs> like it's to, to me, there's two teams that are obviously one team buying, one team selling. The one team that's buying is the Angels. The one team that's selling is the Mets, who mm-hmm. traded Dave Robertson. They, he he has a two point two point oh two ERA, and you trade it. Who is your best closer? Uh, since since Edwin Diaz they gave up. Out. They, they said, gave, hey, they party's over. So it's it's one of those things. You go okay. The Angels, it's you know it may be a safe bet to put a little bit of money on and say, hey, they're going to make some more trades. Mm-hmm. to sort of try to get in the playoffs because that's their only hope of keeping Shohei is showing him that we can make the playoffs and we're going to be committed to making the playoffs and winning something the rest of your time here. So I would put some money on the Angels. I don't feel great about it, but I would put some money on the Angels to potentially make a run and get into this thing. Again, the Mets are totally selling. So interesting with the Mets, you sold, you traded one old reliever. Mm-hmm. Scherzer and Verlander got to be next. That's yeah. what I'm looking at before. Oh, well, the trade they, if you're going to give up, you just got to move it all. You right? got to move on on your 40 year old pitchers. And those are two individuals who go, all right, look at the playoff experience. They're, a team is going to want Oh, them. very attractive so players do the, do in the, the market. Do the Angels continue that? Do the Angels go, again, the Mets probably don't want to do it in division or in, even in conference. Mm-hmm. Do the Angels go, hey, what you got What you got all going over there, Mets? Give me a pitcher that can help us win this year so we can keep Shohei. So, again, I think it would be a decent bet to put the Angels, you know, 
to say the Angels are going to make that final wild card spot because yeah. I think I can get comfortable with that. I buy, think... buy, buy, buy by Tuesday. Right, and those odds are just going to shorten the more they buy. So if they go out and they get a, you know another significant arm or you know make another splash, the numbers are going to be shorter. Trout comes back plus four fifty to win the playoffs now, forty to one to win the AL plus. Uh, eighty to one to win the actual World no, Series. No, no, That's no, too no. too rich for me. No, no, no. But I can see the playoffs. I can see the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Play playoffs is is a bet to take because you want to know who's buying and who's who's selling. And we don't know who else, right? Like the Yankees haven't made any moves. Everybody else who's on the fringe who wants mm-hmm. to jump on the Red Sox have we haven't heard them make a move yet. The Angels have put their foot on the ground. He ain't getting traded, and we making moves. Mm-hmm. And you go, you win that doubleheader. That makes you feel even better with Andrew, with, with Shohei playing light. I would out. love to see him in the playoffs, especially because the beauty of the Major League Baseball playoffs to me is is when, you know, the fact that you can have these shortened rotations, right? And so, like, we could see Shohei twice in a series, mm-hmm. you know, on the mound, two shutout games in, in a, you know, in a short series, um, you know, where they have those playing games, you know, when you can see them hitting home runs at the same time. And- I think, you know, baseball – could really get a lot of eyes on it if this guy makes the postseason. Oh yeah, of course, of course, and, and you can see him twice as a starter, and then if it's and then as a reliever in Game Seven. Like it can mm-hmm. be all of those things. So again, I'm buying the Angels because it's clear that they are going to sell out in order to keep him. Right? They they're usually cheap. They usually don't make the right moves. They usually just care about having a one or two guys who are big. We don't have to make the playoffs, but now they're saying we have to make the playoffs. Because of Shohei, yeah, and that, and and they're gonna, they're gonna. I like it. I want to see him get in. I think it'd be good for baseball. It'd be good for us as fans. It'd be good for everybody. Get some new blood in there, right? We're tired of seeing the same teams. Let's get get the Angels get a little taste. Give me some Shohei in the playoffs. Before we get out of here, Sean, let's get to our bets. Your Mets came through for me last night after the delay. I was sweating it out. I laid minus two ten. With the Mets. I don't know why and, you uh, the Mets. They I don't came, know why you do it They came yourself. back at the end. The Cubbies and the Mets pulled through for me last night. Cubbies was not a yourself. sweat, but the Mets had me worried. Um, what do we got cooked up for this weekend? Well, two quick ones. I got a Pete Alonzo anytime home run mm-hmm. taking on the Nationals. He's slumping a little bit, but I, I feel like he's going to get one. It's just a taste of, you know, the Nationals being that bad. Even though the Mets are bad and mm-hmm. are selling, the Nationals are that bad that I think Pete Alonzo eats a little bit. And why not? The Angels win a ser- win the entire series against the who did they play the Blue Jays, I believe. Okay. Yeah, they're all in. They're hot. They're hot. They're all in. They want to go. They're bringing in people and that energizes everybody. That's right. Oh, we're actually in. We're trying to win. So yep. I think for the next week or two weeks, the Angels are going to play well and get a winning streak going. I love it. The vibes are good. I'm going to go to the UFC for my best bet. Bobby Green plus 125 to win inside the distance against Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, five straight losses. He's at the end of his career, approaching 40. I think he gets smoked in this one. Bet Bobby Green to finish him, plus 125. We're finished here, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Good luck on all your bets, and we'll see you guys next week. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM.